This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Experience! Welcome to another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out this past Monday's episode where I had the pleasure of chatting with actress Amber Doik Thorne, one of the leads from the Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey horror film. Really fun chat. Be sure to go back and check out that episode. And you can do so by heading over to linktree.com slash Podcast. That's your one-stop shop for everything Derek Diamond Experience related. If you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, to the podcast feed, or to social media, just head over to linktree.com slash Podcast. But for this extra episode this week, I'm going to be chatting with actor Tommy Ryan. And he starred in a short film that's going to be featured at next week's Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social called The Third Division. And I had a lot of fun getting to know Tommy a bit better than I already have, uh, getting to hear about his military background, what made him want to transition from that into acting, and of course his time on set of The Third Division. Really fun chat. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, here is my chat with Tommy Ryan. Happy to be joined with my special guest this week, actor Tommy Ryan. Tommy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Derek, and yourself? Doing great. We were just talking before we started. This is actually your first podcast that you've ever done, which is, on one hand, it's exciting, but then I'm like, okay, now there's no pressure for me to try and make this a good experience for you. So I'm I'm sure it'll be a good experience. Yeah, for sure. Well, so you and I met uh, when you auditioned for the feature back last summer, and I remember you know you telling me and Chad a little bit about your your backstory with you know you serving in the military, and now mm-hmm. you wanting to pursue acting. And I knew like even back then, I'm like I've got to have this guy on my show because you just seem like you have a really fascinating story, and I've loved the conversations that you and I have had, you know, as sporadically as they may have been. I've had fun getting to know you in the few times that we've talked. So, yeah. Um, let's um let's start from the beginning. You know, you you've served in the military for many years, but w- how did you get into acting after that? Like what what was it that drew you into that specifically? So, I I've always been a, f- a fan of films. Um and you know, I, I loved everything about them and I, one of the things I found myself doing more often was um you know, if I rented a DVD or, or a movie, I, I would watch the the making of it before I even, you know, started watching the movie. And the thing that I noticed most about watching that part of the, the DVD was it just seemed like they were always having fun. Like they just seemed like it was a blast, you know, and I, I in the back of my head, it was always there. That would be a really cool job, but I didn't put much thought into it. I, I didn't, you know, I, I just it was a, a, a dream and I was like, I, that that's that's just not for me. It, it was something that was not there. Um, but while I was in the military, um, I was stationed in England. I, I, I was a, a military police, but in the Air Force, they call it security forces. It was security police, then it went to security forces, but it's the same thing. It's military police. And I ended up getting pulled into um, doing a, 
a year's worth of undercover drug work. And um, I had, I mean, I, I knew nothing about it. I, knew, I didn't know anything about drugs other than the, the few that I would find on a traffic stop and stuff like that. But these guys, the guys that, um, my handler is the best way to describe them, uh, that this, this said, you know, this is what we want you to do. They, you know, they gave me a crash course on it and, and um, I kind of jumped in and, and I did it for a year and it was all improv like uh, i had a minimal cover story about who i was and what i was doing and then i kind of had to make up the rest myself as i went so i did this for a year and it was you know there was some cases where it was dodgy um you know i, I found myself cornered in a bathroom once with like six guys and they they figured out that i was that i was a cop in the military and the guy that i was actually after was there at the time and and uh I just improv and I said, yeah, I am a cop. I said, how do you think I've been getting away with this for the last, you know, eight years, which was total BS, you know, but, um, I managed to talk my way out of it and, um, and continue, you know, dealing drugs and, and buying drugs from these guys, um, you know, over the course of the next six months or so. So in the end, it was really successful. There was a huge bust in the end and, um, they ended up, uh, it was like $10 million in drugs and they, they rounded up people all over the place. It went, went as far as Germany. It, it, it was, it was a really big deal, but anyway, so I, when I got out of the military, I got out and that was, uh, that was probably 2000, two, uh, 1999, 2000, somewhere in there. Um, but I got out of the military in 2012 and I was convinced that I made a mistake. I shouldn't have got out and I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know anything other than how to be a cop in the military. And a friend of mine said, um, in passing, why don't you be an actor? And I said, I, I you know, I just laughed. I said, what? That's, that's crazy. And he said, no, think about it. You know, and he reminded me of, of the drug work that I did. And he said, all of that was improv. You, you talked your way out of some dodgy situations. He goes, maybe that's, maybe that's your next thing. So I stood on that for about another two or three years. And then I found myself in Florida and, uh, that's another story, but anyway, I found myself in Florida and, um, Northwest Florida State College had a really good acting program. So I used the GI Bill and I put myself through acting school and I took script analysis and stage combat and acting one, acting two, sociology, auditioning, uh, stagecraft, just a, everything I could get my hands on. Um, ironically, I did not take improv. That was going to um, be my next question. <laughs> no, I actually didn't. I started it and I was in one class for it. And then I was told by the uh, faculty that it was no longer covered under the GI Bill, which was very strange. But um, they later revoked that and then made it, uh, you know, you could, you, it could be a class that I could take. But I didn't actually take uh, improv. And um, as soon as I got the, the courses that I wanted under my belt, I, uh, I ended up, um, teaming up with um my my acting coach who was uh or my acting teacher um darla Brigant darla briganti and um she introduced me to uh Anne marie crouch and uh Anne marie crouch took me to uh showcasing in atlanta for to to secure an agent and that's it just kind of blew up from there like it just took off like it just went out of control <laughs> But that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the that's the highlights of basically how I started and how and where I'm at now. That's just such a fascinating story because uh, I have to ask, you know, with you going back to the situation where you were cornered by all these guys and you were able to talk your way out of it, did you 
in a way look at it as why well, I talked myself out of this. So this acting thing is like nothing compared to that because that that's a true life or death situation. So yeah. did that almost kind of like renew your, like, did you come back to that whenever you were acting, you were thinking, okay, well, if I can get myself out of this, then I can do this acting thing. No problem. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely dead on. Um, you know, if I, if I think, you know, if I'm looking at, um, you know, if I'm on actors access or backstage or whatever, and I'm looking at different roles and I'm thinking, could I play this role or, you know, should I submit for it or, you know, and, and then I, I end up looking at the, what they want for the script, you know, the little bit, the, the side that they give you to, to do a, um, you know, a self audition. And there's like a whole bunch of dialogue and I'm like, could I do this? Could I do this? I always think to myself, well, yes, I, I can, because this is nothing compared to what I've, I've, I've already found myself doing. So, you know, this is just acting like if I screw it up, I'm not going to get killed. So it's not, you know, so you, you are right. I, I, I do think back, um, if it's not, if the role that I'm looking at is not as hard as what I've done in the past when I was doing that work, then it should be a piece of cake, you know? And then, so <laughs> that doesn't always work that way. So, so, some, you know, some of the, <laughs> some of the scripts got a lot of dialogue, which is my, probably my biggest weakness, but I'm, you know, I worked through it. Um, my memory isn't what it used to be, but repetition fixes that. You just keep, keep, keep going over it and eventually you'll get the lines, you know? Has that been the biggest challenge for you since you've transitioned into acting as far as like, is there, there are different facets of the acting process. Has the dialogue been the biggest challenge for you or what has been the biggest one for you? Yeah, the dialogue is, is definitely my biggest challenge. Um, I feel comfortable, um, you know, with my body movement, my hand gestures, my facial expressions, what I'm looking at, where my eye line is like all of that almost comes naturally to me. I don't have any problem with it. I'm, I'm good with it. But the lines is what kills me. And sometimes, um, uh, you know, my acting teacher, Darla, she'll point out, um, you're not acting. I can see you're searching for your lines in your head. I can see your eyes moving. You're looking for your lines, you know? And, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, just usually when I'm doing a self-tape with her and she catches me doing it all the time. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it, I, I don't want to put fault on anything, but, uh, you know, my memory was like super sharp back in the day and, and i'm i'm pretty sure it's just i just got my bell rung and i racked one too many times and i you know, I, I think my short-term memory kind of sucks i mean i can tell you what i had for breakfast you know on a specific date 20 years ago you know but i can't tell you what i did this morning like it just blows my mind you know but yeah so the dialogue is but um Anne marie and darla they teach me techniques to to memorize the lines you know i just keep i just keep at it um they keep telling me you know, if you if you are the character, the lines will just come to you. The, the lines are the least important thing. It's the character that you need to find, and and they'll the rest the rest will just come to you. So I just got to get into that mind frame, that that mindset, and I think I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and to talk specifically about both Darla and Anne Marie, it's kind of crazy to think that you know when this show first started, they were they were some of my guests the first year that I was doing the show, mm-hmm. and they're still helping actors you know all these years later and i I tell people like if you want to get into acting and you're in the northwest florida area those are two people you want to get to know because i've heard and and granted like i've i've only taken a handful of acting classes but i've heard enough about them and i know them well enough to know that 
everything I've heard about them is true. Something yeah. I am curious about, you mentioned going to like a, an actor's showcase in Atlanta. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen those promoted on like Facebook and whatnot over the years. What exactly do those entail? Because I've been kind of curious about that myself. Yeah. So Anne-Marie and Darla, they, they put these showcases together and they'll, you know, that when they advertise them, they'll, they can get anywhere from four to eight um, local actors that are interested in doing it. Um, there is a small fee because there's, you know, there's a lot of things that have to be put into place, um, place for us to stay and, you know, and the, and then the agents themselves that are going to show up. But they, once they, once she gets a team together, um, it's, it's usually to Atlanta, New York, LA, um, or some, I think, I think New Orleans was, was one, one chit chat once, but, um, it's usually to one of those locations because those are the hot spots right now, you know? And, uh, once we get there, she, she, you know, the two, between the, the between the two of them, they put everything together and they get, they get these, uh, agents, you know, the top agents in Atlanta were there. Um, uh, and, and it was very personable. It was very, um, her, Anne-Marie's idea of doing it in a, like, like we, we, we did it in a, in an Airbnb right there in the living room, you know, and, um, they were all sitting on the couch and we had, you know, snacks and stuff for them and everything. And they felt very comfortable. Um, they looked, um, they looked very comfortable and we came out and we, we did our, our side or, you know, the scene, if we had a scene partner and we did it in front of them. And then, um, after that, it was like a sit down chit chat with each of them and, and then from, you know, once it was over, over the course of the next few days or the next few weeks or whatever, they'd start reaching out and they're like, hey, I'm interested. And that that's pretty much how it takes off. And um, uh, I don't think I think everybody, uh, almost everybody gets picked up. You know, somebody somebody gets teamed up with somebody. I, I, I didn't hear any bad news about anybody. I think everybody got was happy with the results. You know, they're they're awesome. I mean, the showcase is the way to go. Those showcases are the the ticket you know that's your that's your foot in the door for an agent i don't know why more actors don't you know new actors don't do these showcases um yeah it was very cool very cool experience yeah well i can imagine that that almost like hands-on experience of actually auditioning in front of an agent is is invaluable because there's like there are great classes that you can take not just for acting mm -hmm. but for you know writing directing yeah. and so on and so forth but it doesn't replace the actual experience of doing it. Yeah. So I, that, that sounds like a really cool opportunity for actors. Yeah. Um, and I tell anybody that, you know, any act, any local actors out there, um, if they're not, if they're, if they're not on the uh, Emerald coast film group, um, you know, on Facebook, if they're not part of that, they'll miss it because that's where they're advertised. You know, she'll she'll post that on there. And, um, that's i mean that's a huge step um is the agent process you know and that's and that's your ticket to get to getting that done you, you got to get on that facebook group and uh just keep reading because there's because you know yourself there's tons of stuff on there there's always something there's like psa meetings are popping up or or and there's even casting calls like casting calls pop up in it all the time you know um yeah it's very easy to to get into the industry with that just with that one that one connection the emerald emerald coast film group you know it's very easy to get into it yeah yeah it's been the go-to place to find information whether it's film news uh, casting calls like you said or meetups 
that's Absolutely. the place to go. Like, it, yep. if you're an actor, but you say don't care for Facebook, still sign up for it and just use it for that page. Like, that's yeah. how valuable that resource is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that, that's how I've got both you know both my shorts cast, how I've been involved in in other shorts has been through that page specifically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, let let's talk about the third division. Uh, so this is a short that you start in. Um, it's going to be a part of next week's uh, Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social that we're putting on. Yeah. Uh, but it was also part of a, a red carpet event at Northwest Florida State College a few weeks ago, okay. which was a which was a really cool event. And I, I haven't really talked about it on the show, but I, I thought it was a really cool thing for, you know, us filmmakers to be a part of and get to see, you know, each other's work on a giant screen. And we did a Q&A afterwards. The third division was one of the films that was shown and I was blown away by it specifically by your performance. And I'm not just saying that cause I'm talking to you through zoom, but I actually, I thought it was really, really good. I appreciate uh, that. So how did you hear about this project and what made you want to be a part of it? So I, I, I saw the project on Backstage, and I had paid the, the yearly subscription, so I was submitting for stuff. And then when I read that, when I read the synopsis of, of that movie, I, I jumped at it because um, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I, I, I'm a member of the, um, the CVMA, which is the Combat Vets Motorcycle Association. And one of the big things that we do is vets helping vets. And, and we deal with a lot of vets who have PTSD um, and a lot of the guys that are in CVMA have a rating for PTSD through the VA. And I, like myself, I have the same thing. Um, and when I read this, I thought, I could do this. Like, I can do this. This part was meant for me. I, I mean, it was a World War II vet, yes. Um, but um, the the film was shot for the 70s time frame. So my age fit into that category. You know, I was I didn't have to be older for it because it was um, a 70s setting. There was some there was footage. There was B-roll that was ran. The old ring pole beer cans were on the table and stuff, but it never made it into the final cut. So um, but there was a lot of stuff. And you can tell by the television, a huge big box that weighs like a Volkswagen, you know, like it was, you know, it was set back in the 70s. So I, uh, I, I auditioned, for, I, I, uh, I submitted my, uh, headshot and, um, I didn't have a reel, but he wasn't requesting a reel. The director, Chad Foster was a, um, he's a, uh, film student with Belmont university up in Nashville. And, um, I just, the little bit that I read, uh, I fell in love with it and I grabbed my, my phone and I stuck it on the floor on a, on a tripod, like on a, you know, on a low tripod on the floor. And I just started freaking out in my, in my in my camper you know crawling around you know and i had i what i did was i played uh some uh you know battle noises machine guns bombs and stuff going off in the background kind of thing and i just started low crawling around and i was just hyperventilating you know and there was a scene in there where it calls for a rifle he gets a rifle and he gets into position and he aims it at the door you know and that and it was maybe about 30 seconds and i sent it to him and like the next day he sends me a message and he's like i love it you've got the part if you want it. And I was like, I'm in. So about a month later, I drove up to Nashville. We shot that whole movie in one day. Um, the house that we used was on the uh, Nashville, uh, on the Tennessee uh, film, com uh, film commission board or something like that. So they were very strict about what we were allowed to do and what we weren't allowed to do in the house. Um, and uh, we shot it in one day and, and uh, the, 
the funny thing is that um my acting teacher darling she she'd be the first to tell you not to you know if you're gonna to develop that character be careful about how you go about doing it and i totally ignored her and i ended up uh I ended up making myself extremely sick from hyperventilating to shoot those scenes because all the scenes were hit me freaking out. I was the character freaking out, except for the very first one where he walks up to the television. So I was constantly hyperventilating, constantly breathing hard and, and you know, tightening muscles and, you know, and all this. And and I ended up making myself, like, ridiculously sick. Um, and he told me, he said, don't puke in this house. He's, you know, he's like, do not puke in this house. Whatever happens. I was like, I won't. I'll make it to the bathroom, you know. And so I, there was there were scenes where, you know, I'm in the middle of the scene and I had to I, I just took off. I had to run to the bathroom. You know, it was um, I just I just went a little overboard with it. And I, I probably shouldn't have. And Darla, Darla scolded me a little bit about it. She's like, I told you, I told you that's called method acting. You just don't want you need to be careful with that, you know. So um, but overall. I love the experience and I love doing it. And I, and I'd work with Chad Foster again, any day easily. And there's yeah. one specific shot at the, the end of the, the film when you're hugging the, the, the other man who comes into the house Yeah, and th- there's a close up of your eyes and your eyes are just bloodshot. And yeah. you, you told the story at the Q and a that it was because you were so sick and the director yeah. was like, no, I, I want that shot. Yeah, and I don't blame him because I would have done the same thing. But that, but that's like I looked at my wife when that shot came up, and I like that's what sold it for me because something I learned early as you know an aspiring filmmaker is that actors like you tell the biggest stories with your eyes. Yeah, absolutely. And and that that sealed the whole performance for me. Yeah, because there's so much emotion was in that. What shot was like two seconds long. Maybe yeah. three or four. Yeah. But so much story was told in that one shot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't um, judge him for it when he said it. He, he's a director and he, 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 you know, the directors have a certain vision about what they're looking for. And and sometimes actors don't have that same. They're not privy to that information. They don't know what the director is looking for, what they see. Um. So, you know, when he said, when he saw my eyes and he was like, he was like, get, get, get in the hug position, get in the hug position. And he, you know, he pulled the cameraman around and he was like, get right up on him, right on his face, get right up on him. And, um, we shot that. Um, uh, he, I mean, he was ecstatic about it. He, he, he loved the shot. And, uh, he was like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, I loved it. Um, I didn't have, I can't say one bad thing about the whole, the whole day there. He had a small five man crew and these guys were, um, they were on top of their game. I mean, cause you know yourself, you don't shoot a movie chronologically, you shoot wh- what you can, where you can. And a lot of the times they were catching, you know, the sun, the sun wouldn't have been there at this time of the day. It would have been here because this is where he was at this point, you know, so they had to pull blinds and then set up, you know, lights to mimic the sun to, to recreate that, that time of day. Otherwise, you know, the sun would be in the front of the house in the morning and in the back of the house in the afternoon and in the front of the house again in the morning, you know, and for later on in the day. So they were very sharp. They were very meticulous They, You know, they, they didn't miss anything. Um, I, 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 I'd really, I'd really work with Belmont again. I, I think they're really, they got, they, they put out a really good product and Chad Foster. I mean, he's the, he, he's listed as the director, producer and writer of that. Um, he loves military genre. Um, unfortunately, 
due to the school rules, we weren't allowed to actually show a firearm in it. So we worked around that. And that was the scene where you saw me kind of raising up my shoulder. You know, it gave the impression that I was holding a gun without actually showing one. Um, and then the crosshairs, you know, the, is what sealed the deal on that. But um, uh, yeah, they were they were a top notch crew. They really were. They, they, these guys were really good. And, and um, yeah, that his genre that that's what he loves to do. He loves to do uh, military stuff. Um, although he said his next project is going to be a horror movie, so we'll see what happens with that. Maybe he'll incorporate a little bit of military aspect into yeah. it. Make it like yeah, a military could. slash horror movie. Yeah, you never absolutely. know. Absolutely, I'll be down with that. And I think what was another thing that was impressive about the third division is, you know, it's not a very long movie. And like you said, you, you guys shot the whole thing in one day, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's more of a challenge to tell a compelling story in three to five minutes. Cause like my movie's yeah. 20. So like it, it has a pretty decent amount of breathing room. The fact that you yeah. guys were able to tell such a powerful story in like three and a half minutes yeah, is yeah. like, it, it's, it, I say every movie's a miracle because of the amount of manpower and willpower it takes to make it happen. Yeah. But to tell that kind of story in that short amount of time is, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He was, um, I mean, there was, a, there was, a, I remember doing a lot of stuff that didn't make it into it. We did shoot. There was a lot more. There was, um, there was more dialogue for me, um, yelling, get away, get away from my door, stuff like that. And, uh, ironically, I remembered that dialogue um, from the script after I, you know, two, a couple of days after I got back to Florida and I called him and I said, Hey, do you, do you remember that, you know, this dialogue of me yelling to get away from the door? And he was like, Oh my God. And he was so bummed. Um, he said, is there any way we can get that? He goes, I'm, I, I can, you know, I'm still in the editing process. Can, can you, can, is there any way we can do that? And I said, well, I said, there's a lot of people down here. I'm sure I could find a sound crew, but I was already slotted to do another movie in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And that was a movie called to be. And, um, I said, you know, I'm going up to Tuscaloosa in a, in a, you know, in a day or two, maybe their sound guys might be able to hook us up. So I asked the director, her name was Ali Weinstein. And I said, Hey, a fellow film student, needs needs some help with his you know, is there any way you can hook you know she was like absolutely so me and the boom operator and the sound guy went into a small room and they recorded me yelling get away from the room and you know and but they put it on a jump drive for me and everything and i you know i uh i brought it home and i sent it you know i sent it to uh chad and it still didn't make it in the movie like he still couldn't fit it in there because he you know they those film students, they have a certain amount of time, you know, and, and it was shot in color, but it, they had to show it post-production in black and white. So, um, cause that was, I think it was better for it that it was in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, but I would love to see it in color. I'm going to try again to see if I can get a copy of it in color because that eye shot, that bloodshot eye shot part, um, would really, you know, it would, it would, uh, come out a little stronger um you know if you saw that in color um because i looked at the footage after we'd shot it and it was really um it was really good looking at it you know with the bloodshot eyes you know in in the color format but yeah i'd love to get a color a color version of it yeah absolutely so uh what's next for you do you have any other uh projects currently lined up that you're working on um yeah i just got a uh what did i just get i just got a um a script from uh our buddy steve wise um i need to take a i still need to take a look at that i don't know when that's shooting but um i need i still need to do a uh, self-submission for that 
Uh, I submitted for a couple of commercials. Um, I don't know. I I haven't heard anything back on those yet. So, I mean, they're slow. And then like all of a sudden, like everything kind of blows up and then they, it slows down again, but you know yourself, that's just, that's the, that's the industry. I mean, you could go three months without hearing anything. And then one month you've got four different locations to be and and, you know, once one every week and it's, it just gets out of control. You you just got to stay on top of it, you know? So I don't have anything other than, um, Steve's flick, uh, the commercials I'm just waiting on and probably the next couple of days, I'll probably jump on actors access and take a look, see, maybe submit, submit a couple more things and see what happens. Fantastic. Uh, do you have any uh, social media or anything you'd like to plug so the viewers and listeners can follow you? Um, I, I do have an Instagram account. I, I'm not very good at it, but, uh, uh, Oh God, I can't even remember what the name of it is, but, um, I think it's, it's either Tommy Ryan or Tom Ryan. It's one, one or the other. I think it might be Tom Ryan. Um, yeah, so I do have the Instagram and, and strangely enough, I, I started it up and, and, uh, people just started jumping on and following. Um, I tried to post the third division on there and it only took like the first 10 seconds of it. So I got to figure that out. Cause I really wanted that on there. So people it would help the, the following, you know, if they, if they saw the movie, um, but other than that, I, you know, I have my Facebook account. Um, I'm not huge on, on, on the uh on the social media they sell something that i you know i i mean i know enough about facebook to get me into trouble but i I don't i don't know enough about instagram that's i'm still learning that that process cool yeah well tommy thank you so much for taking the time to have this chat this was great absolutely i appreciate it derek anytime thank you again to tommy ryan for that unbelievable conversation again the third division will be a part of the Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social next Saturday, May 27th at Hellcat Hangar in Pensacola, Florida. Check the show notes where you can find the ticket link or you can head over to facebook.com slash events to find out more information about all the festivities that will be going on next Saturday. And we're going to continue the discussion on Monday's podcast with a behind-the-scenes look of home policies, which will be premiering at the Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social next week. I'll be chatting with writer-director Nick Smith, as well as two of the actors, James Poole and Thomas Carter Rochester. Really fun conversation. Be sure to come back for that fun episode. And if you want to subscribe to the show, whether it be on YouTube or on the audio form for the podcast, head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. It's where you can find all the information on where you can subscribe, as well as how you can follow the show on social media. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more visible the show becomes to the podcasting public. And there's just a few days left in the Best of the Coast uh, awards that are being done by In Weekly and the Derek Diamond Experiences in the Run for Best Podcast. You can head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast, and there's a link where you can vote as well but that's going to do it for this fun episode of the Derek Diamond Experience thank you once again to Tommy Ryan I am your host Derek Diamond and we'll see you guys back here on Monday for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast Mm -hmm.